I'm Jason Notoris, and this is SPE Talks to Shauna Noonan. Hello, everyone. 2020 SPE President Shauna Noonan joining us on the phone, which is becoming our latest tradition for this podcast. Some things changing since our last episode, but many of us still working at home. Um, some of the restrictions being lifted a little bit. We're going to get into some of, of what we've learned from the last downturn that's helped us moving into this downturn and, and how it's affecting both SPE and the industry as a whole. I really like the title of this episode that you have that comes with the column, and that's SPE Staying Strong. The column is available in the May JPT and online, so for those listening, there is a link in the show notes if you want to read it. So, Shauna, I'm actually just even trying to picture you trying to write this article because I'm sure that this is not what you imagined writing even a couple months ago. But it is a strong, vulnerable message that many, I think, need to read or in our case here on the podcast, listen to in these unprecedented times. Well, Jason, when it came to writing my May column, you know, this was towards the end of March. And we, for most of us around the world, had been in lockdown for one to two weeks. And every day there was... Not the greatest news that we wanted to hear every morning, and it just seemed that that with the pandemic and the crash of oil prices, just things just kept getting seeming worse and worse. And I really struggled to write this column in in the fact that in the end I was able to really have something positive to say. But you have to understand, too, with our members, you know, I'm reading posts and getting emails from members, and there's so much emotion. There's anger, there's fear, there's sadness. And the thing is, is I wasn't only seeing it within the members. I was seeing it within myself. But even with all that stress and sadness and uncertainty, when I'm looking as to SBE itself, our events, that we love uh, to network and engage. They're getting postponed. They're getting canceled. And financially, I'm just seeing the negative impact to our balance sheet uh, increase every day. And obviously, no company or organization could have predicted this double whammy of the viral pandemic and the lowest oil price. And just to educate our members, too, as a board, about every five years, we actually go through an exercise on risk assessment. And the last one we did was in 2013 when I was actually on the board. And the four things that we saw at that time being the highest risk that we put the highest priority as to trying to minimize the impact was one was business viability. I mean, you know, that includes decline in membership, event, event attendance. Um, and then there was the second theme of strategic decision-making, how having poor strategy could impact risk. This actually led us to making sure, especially at the board level, we have the right skill set and the right people to be serving on the board to not only think strategic, but to really make sure that we stay focused on our strategic plan. 
And for any of those to have a goal to eventually serve on the SBE board, start looking within yourself and, and making sure that you you have those skill sets and you're making them known because being on the SBE board is not a service award. Just because you give a lot of service to the society doesn't necessarily mean you might have the right skill set at the board level. Okay, that's where I went on a little tangent. And then the third theme around risk was the information technology viability. How robust and effective SBE technology systems are. And that's actually something we're continuing even right now to make sure that uh, we're upgrading some of our IT platforms that have become obsolete and just making sure that within all our programs, whether it's membership databases, event planning softwares and stuff, that we're able to be flexible. Because in this industry and with these cycles, we have to be as flexible as possible. And finally, the fourth theme around the risk to SBE was making sure that we have good key performance indicators. But it, usually in order to do that, you have to have good data to be able to have relevant metrics. And again, that goes back to making sure that the IT systems that we have, that we're still making sure that um, they are up to date, that they're able to collect the data that we need in or order to have good key performance indicators. I guess that's one thing I want our members to know with a level of confidence is we're constantly looking at the threats to the society and making sure that within our strategic plans, we actually mitigate or minimize those. But again, no one even outside of oil and gas could see this double whammy of the COVID-19 and oil prices. But what I do want members to know is because we have a board that had a great strategic plan and was following it through, SBE was so much better prepared to serve its members at this time than we were during uh, the last downturn. And even with this being so unpredictable, what's happening right now throughout the world, being able to handle our current circumstances wasn't without obstacles. You went through the strategic plan, but on top of that, there were also lessons learned during the 2015 downturn. And that played a role in how SPE was able to respond today. So in my column, I give a shout out to those that served on the board in 2016 and 2017, who were basically tasked with um, ensuring that SBE at that time was able to ride out that downturn. And it was a very difficult time for those that were on the board. I had already rolled off midway through 2015, so I wasn't in the trenches as they were. But, you know, they had really look at eliminating or reducing programs uh, that some of our members wanted, but, but financially we couldn't justify them especially with the loss in event revenue. And event revenue, even though we're a non-for-profit, our event revenue is so important because it they provide approximately 70% of the total revenue needed just for our society to keep the lights on and keep the existing programs running. And also at that time, it was necessary for the SB organization to reduce staff, which is something none of us want to ever consider. But at that time, when they were looking at the organization, 
really how can we make it more efficient and run more lean? And along with that, they managed to streamline the divisions between the different regional offices because years back, it, it, in some cases, the regional offices almost act, acted like their own little entities and there wasn't a lot of collaboration between. But since that last uh, reorganization during the last downturn, it's and it's pretty seamless. I make a point of visiting our regional offices when I travel. And it, it is amazing how much more effectively and collaboratively they are running now. So when the industry started to correct itself during that last downturn and our events, we started bringing in more revenue. And this is when I started coming back on the board again. We are really making sure that we remain cautious on our spending and not going back to doing things the way we were before the downturn. And by making sure that we are already uh, effective and lean, per se, it, we were already in a financially and organizationally better position this year with this double whammy of the COVID and the oil prices than we were before to make sure that we can deliver on our mission of collecting, disseminating, and exchanging technical knowledge between our members. You mentioned the collaboration with the other offices and regions just this morning as we're recording this podcast, my early morning, their late evening, I'm on a call with Kuala Lumpur. Yesterday, I was on a call with the Dubai office. And because of the situation that we're in now working at home, it actually just feels like it's someone that's down the street, easy to reach, easy to communicate with. And one reason SPE among many other companies, is able to make some of these changes, I think, now is due to the technology that is available that maybe wasn't as prominent even a half decade ago. So working from home is more manageable. Employees across departments are more knowledgeable about digital strategies and information. And I think that's playing into everyone's hand very nicely. But I would love to hear you elaborate a little bit more on what SPE is doing in that arena. Well, I have been very proud of how quickly we managed to adapt our services and programs to our members while everybody is in lockdown. Uh, for example, the distinguished lecturers. Our wonderful distinguished lecturers from this year had to cut their tour short because obviously we weren't able to travel and they managed to either do live webinars or tape webinars and uh, basically do virtual DL visits. Um, you know, there's been 16 completed uh, as of last week, and there are still 34 out there to be done. And really, I think for the future of the DL program, I really think that it's going to be a hybrid. Uh, areas where we can string together a tour, a section visits, and areas that are open to travel, We'll have our DLs be in person. Usually if a single section in a region is the only one that wants that DL, typically that DL doesn't get sent because to make it economically justifiable, we need them to visit a bunch of sections in that region. I know of one DL in the past, my mentor, John Patterson, he actually never ever did a section visit because his particular topic, they couldn't get more than just one section in a region that wanted him to speak. So if John then had the technology we have now where he could be doing virtual DL visits for these one-off sections, 
then we're actually reaching more of our members. So this is where I really think the future of the DL program is going. Now, don't quote me, because again, we are an organization run by members. This is something that's going to have to be discussed within the Distinguished Lecture Committee as well as the board level. But I really think something, uh, some good outcome is going to come from this. And then we have our student paper contest. Uh, we had several of them that hadn't, ha hadn't come into place yet before the, the lockdown. And we actually managed to run or are planning to run them virtually. Canada, Africa is going virtual, uh, the Middle East, South uh, Asia with a student paper contest. So um, I think that has been very good. And just to let people know that the international level for the student paper contest, uh, ATCE, that is actually also going to be virtual. There's going to be some changes made within that, especially when it comes to how the event is judged, because now it's no longer in person, it's a virtual. Well, I also think with some of the virtual that you're mentioning, this helps with some travel visas too, with people who sometimes have not been able to make trips to some of these events where they could be presenting a paper or participating in a contest like this. Oh, yes. And actually just not with the student paper contest, but with Petra Bowls, even our events coming into the future, we now have the ability, because of the technology and the platforms that we're rolling out, to still allow members that can't travel because of visa restrictions to be able to e either live stream that content or get it pretty close to near time. So our webinars, you know, our webinars have been around for many years or probably almost a decade. And it's been interesting to see the statistics from this spring as opposed to previous years. And this is as far as usage. So in April of 2019, so a little over a year ago, we had 1,850. 72 people register for a webinar. Just last month, we had over 9,600. So that's five times the number of people. Well, maybe it could be just one person that's all of a sudden accessing a whole bunch more webinars, but it's five <laughs> times the amount of webinar registrations that have been used. And it's absolutely fantastic. And I really hope that this is, attracting people that normally didn't utilize member benefits with the webinars and they're now really seeing the value in that so hopefully these numbers will continue to expand i personally i can't wait to see what the the main numbers are going to be like but you know again this has been absolutely fantastic and then of course all our social media streams SBE has a social media accounts on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And just to give you an idea, for example, in April, we had over 27,000 uh, engagements of people on the SBE LinkedIn account. Facebook, over 15,000. Instagram and Twitter, you know, over 5,000. And these are numbers that are continually going up. And we're seeing more and more people uh, start to follow SBE social media accounts, which is fantastic because right now we've been rolling out a lot of live streaming events 
on these social media accounts. And it's been fantastic. Uh, there was one yesterday. I was just seeing the thousands of people and see this hello from Nigeria. And the next person would comment saying hello from Argentina. It was absolutely fantastic being able to reach out through these platforms. But again, through all, these are all public accounts. So the people that are accessing these aren't necessarily SPE members because uh, you don't have to be a member to get on them. But we're hoping that the non-members that are accessing these live stream events, that that will actually encourage them to want to, they start seeing the value in becoming an SBE member and that actually will drive membership growth. And you talk about these live streams um, from the first eight that were produced, more than 4,000 hours worth of live video was watched just in those eight combined SPE live events. You calculate all those hours and that equals almost 180 days worth of SPE content that's been viewed by this audience. Wow. And then this is just the SPE International. You know, the, the sections now are utilizing this as well. Yeah. I think really looking at it overall, SPE is identifying what can we share to the public that is unique to SPE. Let's not be something that blends into the wall. Let's stand out and be the voice that is heard. And from, from what I've heard from the social media team, it's, it's a good problem to have too much content from which to select. And that, that's where SPE is right now because of how much the members are coming forward with their stories and sharing their experiences. And I think it's great that we have so much content to select from to be able to share to the public and to the members um, across our platforms to be able to say, here's where we are, here's where we stand, here's who SPE is. really need to talk about what are we doing for our current members who have either been furloughed or have lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. And so a program that we created during the last downturn, the members in transition, we've not only have reactivated it, but we have uh, been adding uh, to what's available within it. Um, and so for those that don't know, if you're are an SBE member who has unfortunately lost their job, you can contact SBE and you can be given uh, a waiver for up to two years on your dues. And then you get exclusive access to a lot of tools to help you find new employment. And one of the things that we just did, and it was on the suggestion of an SBE member, Jeannie Purdue from Gulf Coast Section, uh, she had posted on SBE Connect that why don't we utilize one of those communities, not only for members for transition, but have a job board, a place for um, our members to post their not only their resumes, but also for people uh, looking to hire that they can also post those jobs. That just went live a few days ago, and, but we were able to quickly turn it around to have that internal job board. And again, that's exclusive for SBE members. Non-SBE members cannot access those communities. If you know of somebody who has been caught in this unfortunate situation, please let them know that um, this program exists. And what we're also doing, too, even for those that may still have their jobs but maybe had to have pay cuts, there are companies who normally would allow them to expense their registrations, 
uh, are no longer doing it due to financial constraints. Um, we're actually reaching out to those that aren't, uh, aren't able to renew their dues this year and offering discounts. So and we've been messaging that out to the sections. If you um, are still have not renewed yet, uh, please reach out to your local section or go out to the SBE website and to get more information about that. Now, another thing we also did to service our members was we reduced the price of papers in one petrol. They used to be $9.50 US dollars, and we've been able to reduce it to $5. Now, this is one of the comments I get a lot is why can't we just offer SBE papers for free in one petrol? And I think there's a misunderstanding that one petrol is a SBE. Uh, platform. One Petro is actually um, a consortium of 21 different publishing uh, entities that all um, have a very complicated revenue sharing uh, agreement. And so at least what we've been able to do is we've been able to drop our part of it as much as we can for our SBE members. SBE does not have the power to just overtake all those other entities and ch change up the, the, the fee structure. But this is something that I was very proud that we did. And we're not only, we not only did it just to, for these few really rough months, this is going to be the price of the one Petra papers through to end of this year. So I think that is um, fantastic. And then let me talk about three other programs that we've been uh, really utilizing and what I mean, we, we've seen it within the members. Obviously, this platform that we're talking on now, the SBE podcast. And so since the very first podcast at ATCE last year with George King, we have now, what, 29-plus episodes? And the last I looked, they've been listened to over 22,000 times, which is actually fantastic. And I have to give a shout-out to uh, Sid Smith, Jr., who is one of the few people listening to my podcast. And he sent me an email just a week ago saying, Hey, Donna, where, when, where, where's your next podcast? We're waiting. So that made me feel good that at least um, I know I got one person listening to this. <laughs> well, if he's listening at least a hundred times each, then yes, there's only a few, but you're, you're getting some hundreds in there, Shauna. <laughs> he is one of many. <laughs> and then we have, uh, again, the suggestions from our members, we listen to you. And if we can, uh, we will try and implement your ideas as quickly as possible. And one of them was the SBE Stay Strong series. Um, one of our members in the Middle East, Nahal, she used to be our former chair of the Women in Energy uh, Committee for the SB International. She posted something on Twitter saying, Shauna, why don't you do a variant of your SBE Strong platform and do a series of short videos or uplifting messages for the members called SBE Stay Strong. So staff was able to quickly uh, amass uh, video content. There's actually three videos that have been added each week, and you get this exclusively through the SBE app. So when you go in the SBE app, you go to resources, and then you'll see the Stay Strong series. And some of them are, there's some soft skill oriented ones. 
but also too, uh, Aaron Burton has got a series of videos on there on hydraulic fracturing, I believe. And it's on my to-do list. This is one of the things I want to watch. He actually took one of his courses that he normally teaches it and created these five little minute uh, series that are within the stay, stay strong uh, portion of the app. So that has been fantastic. And a little teaser for that too. His attire and his background setting are phenomenal for what for our current situation. So that's just a little teaser just to to let everyone know. It it's uh more than just getting great information. He has some good fun with it too. If it uh incorporates a body of water, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it may. <laughs> and then finally there's the e mentoring program. We're at a time we're in our homes and we're uh, especially if we're stuck in our homes with small children, we're really um craving some adult conversation. And that's one way you can get some of that is is through the e-mentoring. And I actually dedicated my February column and actually have a whole podcast too on the mentoring. So I won't go into that too, too much detail, but that that's just, uh, just some of the many things we've been able to roll out in a short period of time that not only uh, had we hoped would be utilized for our members, but the data speaks for itself. It has been uh, well embraced, and it's something I've been very proud of. Well, thank you so much for sharing all those, Shauna. Just for everyone listening, we will include in the show notes links to all of the resources that Shauna just mentioned. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from 2020 SPE President Shauna Noonan in just a moment. SPE is proud to co-sponsor the Energy and Data webinar series. Engage and connect with Siddharth Mishra on May 28th at 8 a.m. Central Time. Gain insights on the use of machine learning techniques through a presentation of case studies. Don't miss out on this great learning experience. Register online now. The Energy and Data webinars are powered by AAPG, SEG, and SPE. Welcome back. You're listening to the SPE Podcast. I'm Jason Notoris speaking with Shauna Noonan. We're discussing her May president column titled SPE Staying Strong. Since the shortened board meeting in March, Shauna, what has the board been doing to ensure that SPE survives financially while still being able to provide programs and resources to its members? Well, historically, the board only met three times a year. Uh, that was March, June, and then just prior to the ATCE. And then over the years, um, you know, we've been able to add a few teleconferences in, but pretty much there's been a time segment in between when board members will get together. But I will tell you that since our truncated board meeting in Buenos Aires early March, we've been actually meeting virtually almost every week because the situation has been so fluid and in order to respond with everything changing, we've, we've had to uh, do these calls pretty much weekly. And I'm so appreciative of our board members for doing this because right now our, the demand for our time in our own job is high right now because all of our companies are suffering. And so for them to be able to allocate not only the time to attend the meetings, but again, to be ensuring that we are uh, making the right decisions. It's um, uh, I'm very, very proud to be serving on the board with these people. Now, in my article, I talked about how are we going to respond not only to short-term 
but really starting to think long-term, what is our society and our events going to look like? And, you know, one of the things we've had to be really quick in responding to was either the cancellation, the postponement of the event, as well as starting to flip that virtual switch. And um, as of a week ago, we do have some events that the program committees have agreed to go virtual. Let's see, we've got uh, one uh, conference in Asia Pacific, one in Dubai. We've got three in Europe, two in the U.S., three in Canada that are now scheduled to be virtual events. And there could actually be hybrids where it's a combination of in-person as well as virtual. And this is actually something I'm dedicated my July column to is giving a little bit more background and understanding as to the virtual event experience, because that's something unfamiliar to many of us, especially those of my generation, because I feel I, I have to have that face-to-face -face interaction. And so how can we still not only deliver the content, that's something that's relatively easy to do, um, but you know we have all these award ceremonies and networking events and other places for engagement, how can we capture that and deliver on it in, in a virtual space? People outside oil and gas industry, they've been doing this for, for quite a while. And we've been spending a lot of time looking at the, the goods, the bads, and the uglies of some of these virtual events and finding ways how we can adapt it. You know, we have to look at our exhibitors. You know, what is a virtual exhibit hall experience like? Other than being able to just say, okay, we're going to offer in-person, figure out how to do the in-person within social distancing, as well as being able to do virtual. What I really want us also to be known for, you know, outside of technical excellence, is that we're going to have the reputation to provide the highest confidence of safety for anybody that was to come to an SPE event. Not only the distancing, but sanitization, whether a person themselves is picking as to what, which event, whether it's an SPE event or a Doug event, or even employers looking at which would, prob which would be the safest place uh, they could be sending their own people while still getting that high quality content. I want SBE to be stand out front and center over and above anybody else. And one of the ways this really works is because it is a very strong coming together of many spokes of the SPE wheel turning honestly in harmony because it needs to, for this quick turnaround that that's happening to be efficient and sufficient. So you really have to appreciate not only the staff, but the members and the volunteers and the executives, many of whom are, are going through a difficult time right now. So for them to also still want to see SPE survive and succeed in the way that, that coordinates with the mission, the vision is so admirable, I think, when, when I hear these stories of, of the time and effort that people are putting in, even on a volunteer level, knowing that long-term, we're doing this for the industry. Yes, and, and ultimately, it's, our survival depends on the survival of our industry. And so that was how um, my final point 
in my column was how much has the industry learned and adapted from the last downturn? Um, I had made reference to uh, Deloitte study in my column, but there is, there's so much more information that is just starting to be um, uh, made public, whether it's a YouTube, for example, just prior to recording this podcast, I was listening to a Baker Institute uh, podcast with Andrew Gould and Bobby Tudor on the future of oil field services. And highly recommend that one. It was, gives a very good historical perspective on the various business models and then kind of what what the outlook they think is going to be for the service sector. Um, and I also know from the operating company side, you know, there was a lot of cost efficiencies that were um, achieved from the last downturn that allowed us, I mean us because I work for an uh, operating company, to be able to react quicker, but also too, we have a lot stronger digital and data platform. So we now had the data almost right in front of us and to be able to throw some AI at it to quickly determine which wells we need to shut in in that making the right decisions, you know, economically, which are the right wells to be shutting in. And then of course, to flip that once you know, the markets start to correct themselves as they're starting to do now, that uh, we're then bringing the right wells back on, for example. And this is where, you know, again, SBE itself has been positioned, you know, a, part, a huge part of our strategic plan was all about the digital transformation of SBE. And because we had stayed focused and we're implementing that, it's also allowing us to not only react, but to uh, be a lot more effective to ride this extremely rough patch. And so the way I ended my column, the way I want to end today is with continued ingenuity, innovation, and collaboration in all sectors of our industry. We will prevail yet again. You know, the main difference, and, you know, I tried to be a bit lighthearted on this because this is this is my environment when I was writing this column is that, you know, this time we are going to be doing it virtually from one another. Uh, with some of us still in our pajamas. <laughs> the message I want to send out to our members again is, you know, we've been staying safe. We've been seeing the the positive uh, shift in the curve, but we need to continue to stay safe and stay strong, not only for one another, but for ourselves. Um, Again, you know, a healthy member is is a happy member is a beneficial society. So, thank you so much, Shauna. Question of the month is next, but first a reminder about a new digital venture called SPE Live. Simulcast across SPE social media platforms, SPE Live brings experts to discuss relevant topics that go beyond the headlines. To look back at on-demand broadcast and to view the upcoming schedule, visit spe.org/industry and scroll down to the SPE Live section. A direct link to that page is in the show notes. In coordination with Shauna's column each month, we also want to ask you, the listener, a question. But this month, Shauna's changing things up a little bit. So instead of a question, we just have a simple request. Shauna, can you share? This month, instead of asking members to reach out to me to answer a question. I just wanted them to reach out to one another. It's 
it's one thing to be uh, in Zoom meetings or team meetings and seeing somebody through the computer, but it's also another just to be able to hear their voice through the phone. And um, I, so I just want us just to reach out to one another, see how they're doing, maybe talk and theorize about where they think the industry is heading, but just have a conversation. Um, that that's way too is you know we are a community we are a family and just like we are reaching out with our own biological family members during this time please just reach out to to our colleagues and see how they're doing and then let's let's keep this conversation going too use the hashtag SBE podcast we want to hear from you on social media and interact with you there as well Looking for the latest episodes? You can search SPE Podcast on Apple Podcast, Podbean, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Please leave reviews. We appreciate the five stars and hearing your feedback. You can also find us online at spe.org slash podcast. Special thanks to this episode's guest, 2020 SPE President Shauna Noonan. I'm Jason Atoris, and thanks for listening. SPE Podcast is powered by the Society of Petroleum Engineers the largest individual member organization serving managers, engineers, scientists, and other professionals worldwide in the upstream segment of the oil and gas industry. Learn more at spe.org.